Uh, anybody ready for the Word of God? I say, is anybody ready for the Word of God? Well, if you guys are excited as I am to preach it, to hear it, something's going to happen today. Come on, can we welcome Ruth as she comes with the reading of Scripture? Hold on before you start. That verse at the bottom of the screen is wrong. We are in Romans chapter 8, verse 26 through 27. Lest I be accused of being a heretic, I want you guys to know that those verses are wrong. We are in verses 26 through 27. You knew that already, right? Yes. Okay, good, good, good. All right, go ahead. I have it. I'm ready. Good morning. I'll be reading in Romans 8, 26 and 27 in English and then in Spanish. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought. But the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Romanos 8, 26 y 27. Y de igual manera el Espíritu nos ayuda en nuestra debilidad, pues ¿qué hemos de pedir como conviene? No lo sabemos. Pero el Espíritu mismo intercede por nosotros con gemidos indecibles. Mas el que escudriña los corazones sabe cuál es la intención del Espíritu, porque conforme a la voluntad de Dios intercede por los santos. Amen. Amen, amen, and amen. Before we get into the sermon, anybody upset about that snow outside besides me? I mean, I just need to get this off my chest. I, you know, I just, I, I just can't believe it. I can't, I, I, I thought we were done with this. I thought we were on our way. I was like, Winter, you have had your time. It's time for you to move on. But that's Chicago for you. You can get all four seasons in one day. You just don't know how to dress. So you just got to be ready. All right, I digress in that. Let me get going here because y'all are probably ready for the word of God. Amen. You might not know the name Angelo Dundee, but you've undoubtedly heard of Muhammad Ali, probably the most famous professional boxer of all time. For more than two decades, Angelo Dundee was in Muhammad Ali's corner, literally. He was Ali's corner man. He's the one who made Ali Float like a butterfly. Come on, y'all in this place with me. We rhyming together. Look at that. We going somewhere this morning. He also trained 15 other war world boxing champions. Undoubtedly, although forgotten, without Dundee, Muhammad would not be the champ we know him to be even today. It was the wisdom the counsel, the prompting voice of his corner man in his head that helped him reach his goal. Although often forgotten and mostly unseen, he was the key to Ali's success. The same is true with believers. We are nothing without our corner man, the Holy Spirit. Are y'all with me this morning? And I'm going to preach it how I feel it, if y'all all right with that. Without the Holy Spirit counsel, wisdom, power, and prompting voice in our souls, we would not become all that God intends us to be. All of our floating and stinging like a bee is credited to the one who lives in us. You know, those spiritual victories you've accomplished was not accomplished in your own strength. Mm-hmm. You should have lost your mind a long time ago. You should have lost the fight a long time ago. But God emmied you up with a corner man that's been walking with you, that's been prompting you, that's been speaking to you, and you've been floating like a butterfly and stinging like a bee. But don't start smelling yourself because I want you to know that without him, you'll be dead as a butterfly and dead as a bee. I just came up with that. Amen. God's working up here. I can do something with that. Although the spirit is forgotten and unseen 
The Spirit is the key to our success. Friends, without the Holy Spirit, we would not make it in this life, and indeed, we wouldn't make it to glory. Consider last week's sermon on suffering. God's Word, watch this, promises us that we will suffer. I know some of y'all was waiting on a BMW or a house. God's Word promises that we will suffer. And as you've been living long enough, you know God has kept his word. We are people who tend to want to avoid suffering. Am I alone in the room? If I can avoid suffering, I want to stay far away from it as possible. Right? And if I got people in my life bringing suffering, I try to get away from them as well. But Christianity has called us to be drawn into suffering. Paul says we can't go over it, we can't go under it, we can't go around it, we got to go through it. We have our example of Christ, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, so we might be brought back to God, our eternal Father. In other words, in the words of Bill Withers, sometimes in our lives, we all have pain. We all have sorrow. Oh, no, me not singing. Let me just say it. Frank, help me out. Put me in key. We all have sorrow. But if we are wise, we know that we always have tomorrow. That's the one line I disagree with, but I'm not going to go there. But he does go on and say, lean on me when you're not strong, and I'll be your friend. Anybody need a friend in the room? And I'll help you to carry on. For it won't be long. I'm going to need somebody to lean on. Come on, somebody. We all need somebody to lean on. But there's nobody like the spirit that you ought to be leaning on. This is so true. We, we, we are all in one of three places. As I said last week, we are either going through, coming through, or on your way through. And the only way to get us through is by God's divine appointed corner man. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity. But we're not to lean on the Spirit. We are to depend on the Spirit in totality. Our verses today are found in the context of the ministry of the Holy Spirit in the light of the glory of our future, adoption as sons, in of our present suffering and groaning. Paul wants us to see how the Holy Spirit helps us in our present suffering. If I can borrow the words of Post Malone this morning, in his song, A Sunflower, he says, we would be left in the dust unless God stuck by us. All of us would still be in our garbage, would still be in our mess, We'll still be going our own way. We'll still be doing our own thing if God didn't intervene. I know you're cute this morning. You got your lipstick on. You done went shopping. You got your Easter clothes last week. You think you're all that in a bag of chips. But I want to remind you, if God didn't reach down in the dumpster, because that's where you are. That's where you are. Reach down in there and pull you out. You'll be in the same place. I think that it is imperative that we become more acquainted with our corner man, that we may win this fight called life. First point I want to bring out is the spirit is in our corner to help. He's in our corner to help. Look at verse 26. Likewise, the spirit helps us in our what? Weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. If you recall last week, we learned that creation groans. And we who call on the name of the Lord groan. We groan because we long 
to experience the full redemption of our bodies. We long to have our new glorified bodies. We learn that not only does human beings groan, but creation groans as it waits on its full makeover as well. The resurrection of believers will consummate God's plan. Friends, God, God plans to make everything new. It says this in Revelation, then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth has passed away and the sea was no more. Maybe you didn't catch that. We serve a God that not only created heaven and earth, but is able to crumble up the old one, throw it in the garbage can, and create a new one. I'm talking about we're dealing with a God of, that is able to do the impossible, church. And on that day, when we are fully redeemed, we will love God with all of our hearts, with all of our minds, and with all of our soul. And I don't know about you. But I can't wait for that because he's worthy of all of my affection, not three fourths, not three fifths, but he is worthy of all of it. And one of our biggest frustrations is that we don't give God all of us. The believer desires to, but because of this body and because of these limitations, we are unable to reach the worship that we desire to reach in this life. But we long to have God as our one and only. We long to have God as our first and foremost lover in our lives. When we think about the ways that he died for us, when we think about the ways that he came for us, I don't know about you, but deep down in my heart, deep down in my soul, I get frustrated with myself sometimes because I know that he's worthy of more of Dexter Harris, but I've only been giving him some of Dexter Harris. But the day is coming, church, when he will have all of Dexter Harris, but we groan. We groan, friends, because we long to love him with everything. Paul goes on to say, he said, watch the verse, likewise, the Spirit helps us. How do I know our help in this life is in the Holy Spirit because he said it. Did you see it? Likewise, look at it for yourself. The Spirit does what? Helps us. Now we need to get a correct understanding, right? Oftentimes we hear a lot of stuff about the Holy Spirit in the church. A lot of those things are, are not biblical. We want to get a biblical understanding of the Holy Spirit. Right? People flip out of chairs, run through walls and all kinds of things and say they caught the Holy Ghost. I was like, you caught him, huh? Y'all, I'm waiting on him to catch you. <laughs> so we want to get a right understanding of the Holy Spirit. He says that he helps us. Now, the word likewise, let's get some context here. Context helps for us to understand things that are out of context. Now, the word likewise references back to the broader context to draw a line of comparison. This is what Paul is doing. He's drawing a line of comparison. The, the comparison appears to be between the way hope sustains us in the midst of present suffering, which we learned about last week, verses 18 through 25. And so Paul says, likewise, the Spirit sustains us by personally aiding us in our weakness. Uh, we see the, oftentimes we see the Holy Spirit like our pituitary gland. Hopefully I got that right, Tracy. Uh, someone has said that many of us think that the Holy Spirit is like our pituitary gland. You know it's there. You glad you got it, but you don't know why it's there. Well, the Holy Spirit does a lot. One being he helps us. Paul says he helps us in our weakness. The word help means to take hold of anything with another. 
to take part in his or her burden or work, and thus to give help. It speaks of the action of a person coming to another's aid by taking hold over against that person of the load he is carrying. The person helping does not take the entire load, but helps the other person in his endeavor. If you were at date night, uh, uh, we had a little date night thing. It was called date night with your boo. How many people was in there by sound? Of, go ahead, raise your hand. I see you. I see. I ain't know church folks can still get down and say date night with my boo. They still got it. I thought all church folks were stuck up and square, but I found out that night that some of them can still groove and they still got some moves. And I was glad to know that. But check it out. So we get to the place. We begin to set up. We get everything nice and pretty and ready to go. The DJ is jamming. We're having a good time. We're dancing. We're sweating. I mean, it is good. I mean, we're eating good and all that good stuff. I am enjoying myself. But you know, you do know that after the party is done and everybody leaves, there's work to be done. And man, I'm telling you, you be tired, your feet be barking at you, and you're ready to go home. But check it out. So I had to move these eight-foot tables. Anybody ever lifted those lunchroom eight-foot tables by yourself, man? You like to get a hernia or something, man, lifting them tables. So I pick up the table like this. And I found out it was heavier than when it looked. And my guy Will comes on the other side of the table and he picks up the load. All of a sudden, the table that was super heavy became bearable. Friends, this is what the Spirit does. He takes our problems. He gets on the other side of those problems and he picks them up with him. And he carries the table with us. We see, we see, we, we see this word help used in another place in Scripture. We see it in the gospel. Y'all remember Martha? Oh, fussing Martha. Older sister Martha. The house that Jesus kicked it over. You know, Mary, Martha, and... Y'all need to read y'all Bibles. Lazarus. Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Y'all know the Lazarus that he rose from the dead. I heard somebody say Jesus, but I'm trying to keep going. I'm not trying to front nobody out. We ain't got to do that. We just going to keep it moving, all right? Ain't nothing wrong with that. I got things wrong in my life. But anyways, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. Come on, y'all stay focused right here, right here. See, y'all crazy as I am, all right? And so Martha is fussing. Martha is angry. Martha is mad because her sister has not come to aid her. You can almost feel the frustration when you go read the story. You can hear the cabinet slamming. You can hear the drawer slamming. You can hear her fussing. You can hear the pots and pans if you listen close enough. And she's frustrated because she's overwhelmed. And because she's overwhelmed, she goes over into the living room where her sister Mary is sitting talking to Jesus. Now, I don't know about you. I know we're in church, but you ever been in a situation where you're doing all of the work and people are watching? Now, I try to be godly, all right? I try to be spiritual. Anybody know? I try to be spiritual, but sometimes people want to take me there. I don't know. Y'all know y'all don't like the old decks. Why y'all got to go bothering him? Right? Now, he comes, right? The old Dexter, the old Martha came out and she went into the room next door and she ran up to Jesus like a G. Now, you got to be careful who you're running up on. He does make the wind and see obey him, Martha. Chill out. But I'm glad that he's gracious. But she goes in there. And she said, tell my sister Mary to help. Me. Maybe you've been like Martha and you cried out to God. God, I'm tired of life. I'm tired of circumstances. I'm tired of situations. I've been trying to be Superman. I've been trying to be Superwoman. I've been trying to do the right thing. But God, if we can have a moment of transparency, I am tired and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. God, will you help me? God answers to you. That's why I gave you your corner, man, to help you. And you see the contrast between Mary and Martha. Mary, instead of doing all of the running and toiling and trying to get life done on her own strength, realizes where her strength comes from. 
She sits at the feet of Jesus. Can I just park here since I'm right here anyways? Friends, God ain't called you to be extra busy. God, in fact, God doesn't need you. When you die, the earth is going to keep spinning at the same rate it was spinning before you bless the earth with your cute self. I came to tell you that some of us, we're so frustrated and we're so stressed out because God is no longer a priority. Everything else has taken the place of God. But can I encourage you to slow down and stop and to sit at the feet of Jesus and to be reminded of where your help comes from? What happens when when we as human beings try to be self-sufficient? and do our own thing we start looking to other things to fulfill us and to make us happy and to satisfy us but I came to this conclusion no matter how hard I try ain't nobody like Jesus can't nobody take the place of Jesus can't nobody do me like Jesus does but 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 wait 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 because some of us we treat the Holy Spirit like those moving walkways. Y'all know the moving walkways. I love those moving walkways. Anybody love the moving walkways at the airport? You just get on those things and they, they, they just speed you up. But you know what's so frustrating? It's people that get on the moving walkway and stand still. Emphasis on moving. It's a moving walkway. And you got some people want to get there on their luggage and just stand there. Now they got a sign there that says if you're walking to the right, if you're standing to the left. But they are about this big. I'm going to need you to move off the moving walkway and allow us to go through. Some people got a plane to catch. Can you? I'm just vitting right now. But check it out. Sometimes we are like those people who are standing on the moving walkway when it comes to the Holy Spirit. We expect God just to just move us right along, but God sent the Holy Spirit not to just do all of your work. You are part of the process, and you ought to be moving on the moving walkway. So the Spirit doesn't come in so that we don't do nothing. We're to pray. We're to fast. Right? The Bible says, work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Of course, he says, because of him who works in you. But God wants to work through you. I was just sitting back and said, God, well, I've been waiting on you. Well, get moving, friends. Because something about faith is faith moves. Those who truly believe move on the walkway. When does he help us? When do... When does the Holy Spirit help us? Well, according to the verse, in our weakness. The Spirit helps us in weakness. The thing about a corner man is when the boxer is at his lowest, he is there. The corner man may perform what is called cut man duties, such as applying ice. Or, or adrenaline to reduce swelling and to stop bleeding. You don't know how much you need a corner man until you got beat up a couple times in life. Until life put a couple knots on you and swell up your eye a couple times and have you limping a little bit. And you get cut here and, and you get cut there and you're at work. You're just minding your business and out of nowhere somebody just cuts you just a little bit. And you feel a little bit and you find out that you're not as strong as you thought you were. And you realize that you're in need of your corner man. He is there to aid in the weakness so that the boxer may stay in the fight. I just said something now. I'm preaching better than y'all talking to me. I said that he's there so that the boxer may stay in the fight. We should have threw in the towel a long time ago, but he's there so that we may stay in the fight. Friends, we have the best corner man there is. Because not only is he in our corner, but he is in there in the ring with us as we fight because God is on the inside. Understand our weakness. What do you mean weakness, Paul? What do you mean weakness? I'm every woman, hear my roar. I've been, I've been lifting, I've been lifting weights. What do you mean? You don't see, you don't see, you don't see my muscles, Paul? I'm not talking about my muscles, y'all. I'm just, just putting it out there. I'm just putting it out. It got nothing to do with me. Let me stop. 
But when Paul talks about weakness, he is talking about the human condition. Weakness in our groaning. Weakness in our inability to exercise faith when we need to exercise faith. Come on, I'm coming to your house. Weakness to extend grace when we need to extend grace. Weakness to love our enemies when we should be loving our enemies. If you can't say amen, say ouch. Weakness to experience reconciliation. Weakness to exalt Christ properly. The helper comes into our frail being, not as an external force alone, but as an internal power that dwells with us, and he becomes our help. I figured you may need help to understand this, so I brought some scripture with me just to help you along, church. Isaiah 41.10 says, Fear not. For I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you, and I will uphold you with my right hand. I don't know about you, but when I hear verses like that, I can barely contain myself. Did you see that? Your help is not the person next to you. It's not your job, but God says that I will help you. What a thing it is to have God as your help. Oh, but that's not the only place. I found them over there in Psalms chapter 54, verse 4. He says, Behold, God is my helper. The Lord is the upholder of my life. But hold on. I thought that that was it. And so I turned the page and I found them over in Psalms 46, verse 1. And it says, God is our refuge and strength. A very present help in the time of trouble. I wish I had some saints in the room that knew that he was a present help in the time of trouble. He wasn't a help when you got out of the trouble. He was a help when you were in the trouble. And I know some of y'all looking at me like I'm crazy because I'm jumping up and down, but you don't understand the things that God has brought me through. The ways that he's helped me. The ways that he kept me. So just don't mind me if I shout a little bit, praise a little bit, because if it wasn't for the Lord, I wouldn't be here. Amen and amen. Glory be to God. I told you context will tell us if something is out of context. Friends, when I think of what he did and I put that in context, shouting and jumping is within context and it is worthy of his praise. Need I continue? Psalms 40, 17. As for me, I am poor and needy. Sometimes you just got to go on and admit it to yourself. Sometimes you just got to come to grips with where you are. Sometimes you got to say, you know what? I'm not as strong as I thought I was. I'm poor and I'm needy. But hold on. The Lord takes thought for me. You are my help. In my deliverer. Oh, you alone, oh God, you are helping our deliverer. We wouldn't have made it this far if you wasn't on our side. We would have lost our mind if we wasn't on, if you wasn't on our side. We would have got stumped a long time ago. We would have been down in the ring. It would have been a one, a two, a three. He's out for the count. But because there was some help down on the inside, when life knocked me down, he got me right on back up and put me on my feet. And I'm standing here today because... Because my corner man has been faithful to me. Oh, come here, Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior of our souls, Alpha and Omega, bread of life, King of kings, and Lord of lords. Give me a second. I'm going to come down in a moment because I got to get back to the text. But let me have this moment, church, and I will ask the Father. And he will give you another helper to be with you. Sometimes, half the time, he will be with you forever. We better pause here because we need to feel this. Some of us, we need this. God is with you. Feel the weight of that. God. Is with you. 
I know you got issues. I know seeing me kicking your butt. I know you don't know how you're going to make it. But can I just remind you through the mist of the clouds and the fogginess that God is with you? He's with you closer than you know. He's with you even when you think he's not with you. In fact, he's with you even when you're not faithful. God is with us. Even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. Friends, this is why the old saints said that there's something within. They couldn't comprehend it. They didn't have big theological words. They didn't know how to say expiation and propitiation and justification and hypostatic union. They didn't have no fancy theological words. All they could say is that there's something within. We know him. You know him. Why? For he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come to you. Our Heavenly Father takes care of us all the time. We also see, this is why it's so important to read Scripture. We're getting everything that the Spirit is doing for us. Later in John 14, the Helper will teach us all things about the gospel and will bring to our remembrance the teachings of Jesus. Do you know that when you sit down in Bible study, it is not just you sitting down in Bible study, but God is sitting down in Bible study with you, opening your eyes, allowing you to understand, allowing you to see and to proceed. Do you remember prior to salvation when you got to the word of God? It was hard as concrete. You didn't see anything. I don't understand why they're reading this boring book. It never done anything for me. Then all of a sudden, God gets down in the inside, and you got a love for this book. You can't put it down. You need this book. It is life to your soul. It is a light to your path. That's because God got down on the inside. In John 15, the helper testifies of Jesus. One of the ways that we know whether something is the move of the Holy Spirit is that the Spirit is always coming, watch it, church, to make much of Jesus. If Jesus is not being made much of, it is not the Holy Spirit. The Spirit comes to do one thing, to glorify the Son and to make much of him. And so when people say that it's a move of the Spirit and you see man in the center, that's not Jesus. That's not the Spirit. In John 16, the helpers convicts us of our sin. Amen and amen. If you can't say amen, this is when you should say ouch. Convicts us of our sin. I hate that. Sometimes it's irritating. Come on, come on, Holy Spirit. I just, just want to stick my toe in there. I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm out. I'm out. Just, just a little bit and then I'm gone, all right? He's like, no, 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 you can't be doing that. And he reminds us of Jesus' sacrifice. This is the help the Holy Spirit provides for us. He teaches, reminds, testifies, convicts so that our attention is transfixed on Jesus's glory. Just like a quarter man, the Holy, the Holy Spirit is there to say, man, you're looking sloppy out there. Get up, man. Put your right hand up. Use the jab. Come on. You know, that's not Christ like, you know, that's not the word. Remember what? Remember what? Remember what I taught you? Your prayer life is getting sloppy. The spirit is there to aid us and to keep us on track. He shares in our weakness. How else does he help? I love this part right here. Hold your shout. Here it comes. He helps us pray. The spirit prays for you. Let me say it again. <clears throat> Y'all didn't shout. The Spirit prays for you. Y'all almost getting there. Let me do it one more time. All right, here we go. The Spirit prays for you. Sometimes you got to help God's people out. Look at the verse. 
For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for worries. Dexter, teach this thing. Who in the room doesn't need help to pray? We are such feeble creatures. Despite our adopted and saved position, we need help in general, but we especially need help praying for such glory to come since the circumstance of life are still broken and fallen. Now watch the verse. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought. It is not as if we do not pray, but we do, but we do not know what to pray. Because we do not all, we, we do not know all that God is doing in a given trial that we are going through. Our prayers are like what the book of James say, so often go amiss. We always pray in light of what we think is best for us. I never had nobody come into my office and say, Pastor, I don't know what to pray for. And I have sat with couples and, and Christians and asked them, how can I pray for you? And the number one answer is, oh. I don't know. Just a, on a practical level, never had anybody come and say, well, I have a prideful heart that demonstrates it in, in, in a controlling behavior towards my wife. And I tend to be harsh with her. So on weekdays, when I come home from work, would you be praying that the fruit of the spirit, namely love, patience and gentleness, be made manifest in my own often explosive heart? But even if we prayed that prayer, how do we know that's what we need? We often discover in life we don't know ourselves as much as we think we do. There have been times when we felt we heard the voice of God. God told me to take this job. And then the door closes. Well, I thought he did. Even when we feel we know what punches to throw in the fight, we find ourselves on the ground in our best attempts. So the purpose of the Holy Spirit, the corner man, is to help us, to pick us up, to pick up the end of the eight-foot table. The Spirit prays for us in our weakness. Our weakness lies, our weakness lies to us and say that we are good. Our weakness, we verbalize it in groaning. We say, oh God, how long? But here's the beautiful part. When we don't know what to pray, God knows what to pray. When we don't know what to pray, God knows what to pray. And according to this verse, the spirit intercedes for us. The help often looks like intercession. Intercession is simply is to go between two parties. You may call this advocating, but when you advocate to God, it's intercession. And we call that prayer. And the spirit is praying for us, groanings too deep for words. Now, what is groans? It's important that we get an understanding of what groans are. It was Spurgeon who said, a groan does not come from the lips, but from the heart. A groan is the most honest utterance in humanity. We can fake praise. We can fake praise. Just keep looking at me. We can fake sickness. Y'all remember on Martin, the ring-a-ling-a-ling? No, man. But you can't fake a groan. A groan implies pain and sorrow and suffering and despair. Now, let's get into sticky territory. Many use this verse to argue for speaking in tongues or heavenly prayer language. Although I'm not against those things, I don't believe exegetically that that is what Paul is saying here. While it has shades of meaning in other places in the New Testament, perhaps 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse through 14, it is not found here in Romans. We need not to dismiss speaking in tongues, but also need to be sure we have a biblical understanding of what it is. 
I believe the church has gone extreme in two directions. We either overemphasize speaking in tongues or we underemphasize speaking in tongues. But we know Paul is not talking about the gift of tongues here. The word Paul uses literally means unspeakable groanings. Really, it means that it is without speech. Devoid of any vocalization. Our groanings are beyond the ability of words to communicate. Now, if the gift of tongues is the ability to speak in some language, then even speaking in tongues could not convey our groanings. Our comfort here is even when we are lost for words, lost for a compass on where to go with our prayers, God stands in the gap and prays for you. Every Christian feels the weakness of not knowing what to pray. And if you find yourself this morning in a situation where you don't know what the will of God is, you're not alone. All of us in this room, to some degree, is conflicted. God, what is your will for my life? What is your will for my home? What is your will for my family? What is your will for my children? And sometimes, if we're being honest, no matter how spiritual we are, no matter how close we are to God, sometimes we don't know. We just don't know. Doesn't mean that I'm not saved. Doesn't mean that God doesn't love me. Just means that I have human limitations. Don't believe me? Ask Job. Y'all remember Job, right? Suffering Job. Lost all of his kids. Lost his cattle. Was sick. Wife left him in the middle of his suffering. You don't know suffering until the closest person to you walks out on you. And Job was frustrated. Job got so frustrated. I love Job. This is my homeboy. Job got so frustrated. He's like, listen, check it out. I don't want to talk to nobody. You ever, you, you, you ever been to that point? I don't want to talk to nobody. People be trying to comfort you. I ain't trying to hear none, bro. I need to talk to God. And that's how we say it. We put an emphasis on that. G. I need to talk to God. I don't want to talk to nobody else. I need to talk to Jesus. Because I don't understand why I'm in this situation. Here's the funny part. God never gave Job an answer to why he was suffering. God just came out real smooth. Were you there when I created the snow Job? Were you there when I created the gazelle Job? Were you there when I created the birds? Were you there, Job? Job had to simply submit to the will of God in his life. Friends, there are going to come moments in your life when suffering is going to come without an explanation. And you can try to reason it. You can try to put a purpose to it. But there's going to be times in your life that God is going to be doing 10,000 things that you know nothing about. And the only thing you can say is Jesus did. Not my will be done. But your will be done. Now, here's the thing. Our prayers fail sometimes, but the Holy Spirit prayers never, never fails. Look at the verse. And he who searches hearts knows what is in the mind of the Spirit because, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. How effective is the spirit in interceding for us on our behalf? Perfectly effective. The spirit prayers are always answered yes because he prays according to the will of God. My prayers are not always answered. Even the Apostle Paul prayers were not always answered. Remember he had that thorn in his flesh? Oh, God, take this thorn away from me. Three times he asked, and God said what? No. His prayer was not answered. Just because your prayers are not answered doesn't mean that God is not on your side means that God has a greater plan in mind outside of yours. His ways are not your ways. 
Because the spirit intercedes for the saint according to the will of God. The spirit of God always prayers, perfect prayers. God knows that we are finite. God knows that I'm a broken being. He has ordained that the spirit comes and help Dexter Harris in his weakness. Did you hear me, church? God knew how broken you were, and he made provision through the spirit to pray for you. Why did he do that? God, why did you do that? Hold your shot. Number one, God wants us to know that the spirit is with us. This past week, I went to the hospital to visit one of our members, and she was groaning. She was in pain. She was going through a difficult time. It was hard. And so we get to the hospital. I say, sister, how you doing? Brother, I'm not doing that well. I'm just ready to be well again. Maybe you've been in that place where you just wanted to be well again. You didn't care about anything else. I just want to be normal again. And oftentimes God sends circumstances and situations in our life where we just want to be normal again. We want to go back to the normal rhythm of life. But God allows that pain to to linger just a little bit longer. And so I talked to her. I say, sister, are you ready to pray? She said, pastor, I'm ready to pray. I waited on this all day long. I don't know about you, but have you ever been in a situation where you waited for prayer and for the saints to show up all day long so that your soul can be encouraged? And so we locked hands together and we begin to lift up praises to our God and King and believe it out of nowhere. A joy came in her soul. Her pain was not gone, but joy arrived while she was in her pain. Joy arrived while she was in her sorrow. And and I'm smart enough to know that I'm not that eloquent. I'm not that powerful that God used my little old prayer to do that. I believe that God reminded her that I'm with you. Through the fire, I'll be with you. Through the storm, I'll be with you. When everybody else leave you, when your mama leave you, when your daddy leaves you, when your job leaves you, when the bank account leaves you, when the 401k leaves you, I'll be standing there on your side with you, strengthening you because I am your God. I am your king. And what bothers human beings don't bother me. What troubles others don't trouble me. And so God wanted her to know that he was with her. But hold on. It gets a little bit deeper and I'm almost in my seat. Not only does God want us to know that he's with us, it ain't enough for people to be with me. Y'all with me this morning? I need people that understand me. I don't just need people walking with me and that's cute and that's fine. But sometimes I need to be in a company of people who understands what I'm going through. I ain't got to articulate it to them. I ain't got to explain it to them. Y'all just sitting there, mm-hmm, girl, I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm, I feel you. I know what you're talking about. Y'all ain't even said a word. Y'all just rocking back and forth, and you just know that they're there with you. They just know that they know that they know what you're going through, friends. Y'all know I got a two-year-old, the one who stole off of me for that cookie, right? I'm talking about little Lila, right? And one day I get home, and Kyla, bless her soul, she's probably the only one happy when daddy gets home. Uh, everybody else is probably happy, but not as happy as the two-year-old. I, get, I open the door. I come in the front door. She starts jumping up and down. Daddy, 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 daddy. I mean, made me feel like a superhero again. My self-confidence went up just a tad bit, y'all. And so, and so here, here it is. She's shouting and things like that. And then she runs up to me. She grabs me by the hand, and she leads me through the kitchen to the back room, she picks up the PlayStation remote control, she puts it in my hand. I say, okay, what's going on? She, she starts pointing to the TV, she starts saying, I said, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, I hear you, I hear you, boom. And so I went to Word Party. I turned on Word Party. She threw a whole fit. She started crying. I said, Word Party apparently is not what you're saying. So I went on over to Mickey Mouse. She, I said, okay, I think that you want Mickey Mouse. So I said, on Mickey Mouse. This time she falls to the floor crying. But what I did notice, 
as a little brother in the background. He's on his iPad. He tilts from behind his iPad, and he says, Daddy, she wants to watch Dr. McStuffins. I said, Lila, do you want to watch Dr. McStuffins? She says, yes, I want to watch Dr. McStuffins. And so I turned on Dr. McStuffins. But here's the thing, friends. She was glad that there was somebody in the room that can communicate what she was feeling down in her soul. Maybe you haven't been to that point. But ain't it good to have somebody that understands where you're coming from? And so God has given us the Holy Spirit to, to work out our groanings. And the Spirit communicates to the Father what we're feeling on the inside. But let me be careful because I don't want to be called a heretic. It is not God who's frustrated. It is not God who can't understand what we're saying. It's us frustrated with not being understood. We're not having the words to articulate to the Father what we got down on the inside. But friends, as long as we got our corner, man, long as he's in our corner, there's only one thing to say about this life. There's only one thing to say about your tribulations. There's only one thing to say about your sin. Let's get ready to rumble, devil. Let's get ready to rumble, devil, because God is in my corner. He was in my corner when I lost my mind. He was in my corner when the devil was against me. He was in my corner when I was no good. He was in my corner so let's get ready to rumble devil he was in my corner when there was no money in the bank account he was in my corner when the doctor report came back he was in my corner when my husband walked out on me he was in my corner when my wife walked out on me he was in my corner glory be to God that he's in our corner he's in our corner when the odds are stacked against me. He's in my corner when I don't know how I'm going to make it. He's in my corner even when I fail him. He's in my corner when the wind and the waves are raging. He's in my corner. He's in my corner when there seems to be no way out, is anybody with me in the room this morning? He's in my corner when the greatest sin in my life tells me that I'll never beat it. He's in my corner. Friends, he was in Peter's corner when he was in the courtyard and Peter denied him. God was in his corner. The Bible says when, when Peter denied Jesus, that Jesus looked at him. But in order for you to get the weight of that, you got to dig into the Greek. Because if somebody denies me, I can look at them in all kinds of ways. I can look at you like Joker. I can't believe that you just did that. But the Greek word that the Bible uses that he looked at him with love in the midst of his denial. God is with you even when you betray him. God is with you when you don't read your word as you should. God is with you when you don't pray as you should. God is with you when you indulge in things that you shouldn't indulge in. God is with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. He's with you. Thank God Almighty. He is with me.